Through the Greenhouse Haze on Open Lines Radio is brought to you by Synergy Creative Systems. Synergy Creative Systems uses multiple social media and online platforms that operate independently as freestanding entities to post killer content that discreetly work in conjunction with each other to build robust and enduring images and brands through promotion by proxy. time we smoked that salvia yes and i know why you're thinking about it too because i overheard the same snippet of conversation in the wind <laughs> <laughs> well that actually uh, you were just talking a few minutes ago about elves and so that's what <laughs> you think of it but i do remember uh that fight that almost broke out over in the world of ethnogenic medicine there are a couple different kinds of elves there's the light elves and there's the dark elves that work to work with us to repair our shadow selves and bring us into new frameworks of mental capacity and psychic capacity and spiritual capacity and reconnect us. Is elf the right word? No, no, they're definitely elves. They're definitely elves. I mean, there's no other way to describe those beings. That's it's what they are. They're not Christmas elves. They are interdimensional beings that have always existed and live in the DNA of mescaline and peyote gods that carry them, you know? Yeah. That harbor space for them. And they're just ever present in the fiber of the actual plant genetics. It's actually really incredible. Wait, you're saying that the elves live in the genetics? The elves are, they're like, it's like, okay, I don't want to get too sciencey, but. Oh, get sciencey, baby. But, okay, but if I, if I get into my background, I, it's, it is scientific. It's, I, that's what I studied. That's what I studied in college and it's what I've built my whole life around. But, um, it's like you have your, your human cell makeup and you know that your mitochondria right you, you know what mitochondria is right not really so every individual cell in your body you have like a little a road a little road that goes around the circumference of the cell and delivers an energy and that's your endoplasmic reticulum your mitochondria are the little cars that drive on that road and deliver adenosine triphosphate synthesis to keep your cell alive yeah i'm i'm <laughs> you're way over my head okay so it's like the elves are similar to the mitochondria within the sacred plants dna if that makes sense they are the movers the shakers the and they're the living the little ants that build the networks the veins that build root work you know like they do the work. They're the worker bees. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that thing with the ants? 
where they poured the concrete down that, that manhole. That was so freaking cool. That was so cool. Was oh amazing. my gosh, it was mind blowing. Very very cool. I didn't mean to derail you. I just no, that's, that's no, it's fine. It was very cool. But does that make sense? Yeah, it's yeah. like there, you have to have this molecule that is kind of freewheeling and mobile, and that's what the elves are in the world of psychedelia. So they're the mitochondria, or they're yeah. pushing the mitochondria. Well, I don't, I don't really know. Are they the the, the workers who? I mean, don't you when when you meet the elves in that state, they're usually working on something. They're not building toys, but they're always building something. Now let me tell you what those elves are terrifying. <laughs> they are. <laughs> to me, those elves elves are terrifying. Be not afraid. <laughs> Be not afraid of the elves and their. They're kind of biblical in that terrifying way that, like, the Bible describes the angel of seven eyeballs looking at you and the eyeballs somehow speak to you. Be not afraid. It's very similar. You know, it's like, it's a trip. It's a big trip. <laughs> Sorry, my chair is squeaky. That's okay. Just I hope life people sounds. listening don't mind. There's just life sounds going on because we're just living. Just chilling in the greenhouse. We're just chilling in the greenhouse, talking about elves and interdimensional beings of ethnogens. But yeah, um... Well, you recently... Would not do salvia again. No, me neither. Me <laughs> Once neither. was enough, and yeah. let me tell you, that experience and that memory sticks with me in a spiritual and visual, intense sense, my... the life since then yeah the same and the same thing i will i will don't think i ever would even need to do an ayahuasca retreat or trip or like i don't i don't need like that salvia that one five minute salvia trip was so intense that it felt like years that oh man i, I never want to do it again i was like a muppet when i saw myself i was like made of like long bright blue cookie monster colored shag carpet it was yeah. crazy that was about like 10 years ago or something like that and you still can remember it was so crazy it was absolutely nuts and i was drooling when i woke when i came out of it like i was i drooled this puddle in my own lap it was crazy terrifying and i there was a kachina god that entered the space and was like stepping through these boxes from white to black, from white to black, and I was supposed to try and follow him as he was crawling through these square portals of black and white and black and white, but like I was so slow in the trip that I couldn't quite keep up with him and he had you know, he had he was a kachina, so he had like moccasin boots with fringes and I just remember like reaching for him and trying to catch him by the fringy boots and I pulled myself up and I couldn't reach him he was too fast and I know I needed to follow him but it was it was pretty intense but it was really beautiful and I appreciate it I really appreciate it yeah I, you know what I don't get these people who do um psychedelics on the regular like I'm like a once every five to ten years I, th I think that's how you should approach it and really respect the deities and the sacred entities that do inhabit sacred plants and ethnogens. I, I'm from the Terrence McKenna school of thought that just because it's 
amazing doesn't mean you should do it all the time. You should actually do it so sparingly. Well, he did it all the time. Well, yeah. Well, he did it so much that I mean, yeah. But also, there's something to be said for if you're really feeling lost and you really like. Sometimes your soul hits these points in your period. You know, these periods where you're like, if I don't connect to something beyond me, like. I'm going to lose it. And those are the times you should seek ethnogens. But I don't know about just blowing your mind to blow your mind just for shits and giggles. Like, But I guess everybody's different. Do you remember that dude, Abraham? Yeah. That uh, I met on I got big Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I got big Oh, yeah, that was his yeah, Instagram. And, yeah, oh, he's he not made there anymore. Pasta. He's gone it's now. Delicious pasta. But, but that first time I went out there, he's like, "Hey, dude, come on out here. I want to. I want to show you what I've got going on, and I want to make you dinner." And this is just some dude I met on Instagram, and I'm like, "All right." And I drove out there like he was so far out there, like in a guanga, where mm-hmm. there was no cell phone service. I had no cell phone service, so I was like, "Oh man, this this, this is guy, a delicious dinner." Well, you came the, the next day, but that first day I went out by myself, and I was like, "Oh man, this guy is gonna kill me." Like if, if and, and there's no cell phone service and like how will they even know? And he was the nicest guy. He was a and he sweet, showed me around like his he, farm yeah. and he made me dinner and he gave me that jar of um, already prepared San Pedro juice <laughs> and it was the nastiest, snottiest shit I ever ate I ever drank. I can't even believe that stuff. San Pedro is rough to consume but oh oh man it's so beautiful on the other side if if you can handle gulping warm mucus that smells like vomit and then and then vomiting and then (laughs) and then then it's purging harshly and curling up into a ball then all of a sudden el mezcalito meets you with his kind kermit the frog visage and he has his own lessons but you've got those two San Pedro's growing out there. And even though I know you and I have no intention of ever uh, eat partaking of that, just having that cactus in the vicinity is, triggering. is triggering. Yeah, well, wait. Wait till she blooms and you smell that night-blooming, huge, white, pink-tipped flower in the southern california breeze and oh man it will trigger you and you'll just be like tripping all over again without having to drink the snot no man eat the eat mushrooms don't drink that snot. <laughs> that's not it, serious sandpa- uh, no but i mean i get it no it was a totally it was a it's a it, it's, but it's also a once in a lifetime thing that times. i think yeah i it's think like, it's one of those things like that you do once yeah it's yeah. similar to peyote and you know most indigenous people do peyote one time in their life under the care of someone who a shaman. a shaman who is knowledgeable and caring and you know that's that's what it's about it's not about timothy leary blow your mind out get i mean i guess for some people but you know i just i have too much respect for the medicine because that's the way i was taught by my teachers and mentors and elders and gurus and shamans. I don't need to overindulge in order to... Every day that I open my eyes and I walk on earth and I witness living plants and nature, I 
I'm still learning. The, the teachers still come through. I don't have to have it molecularly in my system for them to still be teaching me all the time. You know? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, 100%. They still speak to 100. me. They speak to me all the time. And especially when I'm alone in nature, I my heart fills up. I like there's They're like a little collection, a little pantheon of guardian angels that well up in my heart and start speaking telepathically to me. Uh, Mushroom God does that too. Jimson weed is pretty harsh, but it's really similar molecularly to the Morning Glory Priestess, which I have right. a deep connection to. Yeah, but also never that, That's again. a one-time thing too. Like, I don't recommend... I don't even recommend doing it once. I don't... It was <laughs> incredible. I mean, I had communion with the red tail hawk it was pretty freaking awesome i'm not gonna lie but i've had similar communal kind of spirit animal communication with um on really good ritualistically prepared cacao as well in the right settings like an incredible joshua tree sunset with my best and closest friends who are all incredible shamans anyway, but I'm so lucky that my network of my closest people that surround me and mean the most to me are also like just so shamanic and conscious and ethical and empathic, you know? Yeah. Very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. I also think uh, edible THC, you know, cannabis treats, <laughs> Those aren't meant to be consumed on the reg either, really, I don't think. Yeah, you know, but I, I can't personally consume them all the time. But when I had chronic pain and chronic illness, cannabis changed my path in a big way. It provided me with enough pain relief and enough kind of spiritual stimulus that I was able to pull myself out of a pretty terrible chronic illness that was requiring really really harsh and very expensive pharmaceuticals that ultimately ended up hurting me and hurting damaging the blood vessels in my brain which was probably what led up to what they title my cerebrovascular event or accident <laughs> although they'll never admit that that stupid heater keeps clicking on and off well it's cold today sorry let me turn it off you don't have to. No, stay warm. Stay warm. It's still going to radiate enough that I'm good. Okay. It's just coming it's through good. very all, strongly on the microphones. You think, but... No, it is. Oh, you're always in editor mode. Just just be present. It's okay. What about that billboard down in town? I tried to take a picture of it today <laughs> for the gram because I wanted to be like, Is anyone here an editor? <laughs> like, it's, like, if you're going to spend money to put up a public billboard and granted it's a message of I mean it's, it's supposed to be a supportive helpful yeah, yeah, there, there's the help here for, okay, so it's this woman and she's looking anguished and she's got her hand kind of clutching her forehead like an old Excedrin commercial but it says I quit gambling comma from controlling my life <laughs> and it's like what? what like proof 
grammar, editing, etiquette, and copy. Those, These are no, important things, people. Here's the thing, though. Even removing that comma, it's it still, still a terrible sentence. It's still a terrible sentence. All it had to say was, I stopped letting gambling control oh, yeah, my that's life. Right. I stopped letting gambling. No, it says, I, I, stopped, I stopped gambling, gambling comma, comma from, from controlling, controlling my life. life. But what it should say is, I stopped letting gambling control my life. It, yeah, it doesn't work either way. Even when you remove the comma, it says, I stopped... What it was, I stopped gambling from, from controlling, controlling my life. life. I don't know. It's just terrible. It's, it's just It just Stop. doesn't work. But adjacent to it is the cringe. Like, what... Fallbrook billboards need to get their <laughs> shit together. Oh, my God. So, Kitty Corner from that is... Roto-Rooter. A Roto-Rooter. Call of very Duty. Artistic. Call of it's Duty. It's a very artistic... Yeah. Someone rendered this image of kind of a Rosie the Riveter type of character, but she's attacking this Kraken coming out of her toilet with a plunger, and it says, Call of Duty with D-O-O-D-Y. It's like, oh, God, what is happening around here? Like, please, like, okay, COVID kind of fucked with all of us, but get your shit together, please. You can get a full recap of this uh, billboard by listening to uh, Nobody Cares. Oh, that's right. No, nobody asked. Nobody we talked asked. about nobody it with Doug cares. because nobody asked episode three, I believe. When I saw that billboard, I episode was just two. like, Oh episode my two. god, I cannot wait to show this to Mark. <laughs> He's gonna die. So at least there was that factor. At least I was like, Oh my god, wait till you see this. Just wait. <laughs> Sorry about that. I didn't mean to derail. I, 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 I derail. You're always derailing. Derail. Me. That's the second time I've said derail. I didn't mean to uh I just was thinking about that. Um but yeah, so seeing those uh, San Pedros out there in their pots um, has... They're Alfie and Francis, by the way. That's their names? Yes. Alfie is after Jude Law's Alfie because, I don't know, he's just... I mean, I shouldn't have favorites among San Pedros, but he's just a more robust and he's a little bit deeper blue. I mean, this is the blue in him that reminds me of Jude Law. I don't know. But... Um, Alfie is going to go to a very good friend of mine in Hopefully. Texas. Hopefully. No, it's going to happen. Oh, he needs your plant medicine. <laughs> I'll cut out that. Uh, oh, okay. Well, maybe leave noise. it in. I don't know. Maybe leave it in because it's like, okay. We're pro-cannabis. We're pro-choice. We're pro trans i'm pro i mean you know like do your thing get down you got nothing to lose by being your authentic self at this juncture of the this late the stage capitalist so let's get back show. to uh you were talking about these elves okay and the mitochondria okay. we've gotten so far from there sorry uh, let's go let's back. go back let's yeah. circle back to the mitochondria like what was your point you were trying to make there there's this mite like you asked me if i'd heard of mitochondria and we've got and, and and then that's it's like what the elves are I'm sorry that i said no me saying no took us totally off the topic but it's okay it's just that's kind of their role within i just gotta sit still i'm just like a little kid the plant god or the sacred whatever sacred ethnogen you're talking about you know their role is to be little cellular movers and shakers and work doers of the whole, the whole thing. 
I really like your greenhouse, by the way. Thank you, Evan. Spending a lot of time in here. I've been working on it a lot, and I'm really excited. But, you know, I had some... Well, I mean, I talked about Terrence earlier, and, I mean, he's definitely a huge influence in my life, and I didn't mean to poo-poo on Larry, but... Whatever. I had some horticultural and botany teachers in my formative years who were really rogue, really rogue, and kind of embraced that same 70s culture. But um, I, I always, they're the same, they're kind of on the same level to me as when I say that those plant gods speak to me and I remember them and it's kind of like this telepathic thing, I still feel Doc from Weber kind of telepathically teach me things about plants all the time. Or I'll just automatically, instantly remember a Latin Who's Doc from Weber? He was my teacher. He was my botany professor. And, Weber? Huh? Weber is where I went to school. Weber State University? Weber State University in Ogden, Utah is where I went to school. And Doc was a rogue and he had kind of pirated a bunch of pages from banned books on ethnogens and various and various kinds of uh, indigenous rituals involving sacred plants and he was old school enough at that point that he was he had he somehow had access to these old books from the 70s things that you really can't you couldn't find anymore they've been destroyed they've been banned they're out of print out of print all these things but he had taken them old school to the library and the old copy machine and copied these pages and put them into a mashup and edited it in kind of his flow and like I remember that book you had to go still, to the you had to go to like yeah. Kinko's copies to or get something it. to yeah. get it because, because it was just it was kind of by him but he kind of had made it flow and then he taught he had uh what's the word uh curated curated right these, these pages these pages that would no longer ever be available to the average science student in a university in utah especially but um i mean he just taught me so much about opening my mind and opening my heart to living things and drop was the same way drop was the first person who kind of told me that it was okay for me to be who's drop he was my high school horticulture teacher and science teacher and a huge part of my life, a really incredible mentor of mine. He passed away a few years ago of multiple myeloma, but I got to spend a lot of time with him before he passed. I got to sit with him while he was going through kidney dialysis, and he was still just popping off incredible philosophical insights because he was... One of those guys that just was in touch with the rhythms of Earth and knew he knew he was dying. He knew he was dying. He was facing death, and he was still spiritual and felt like everything, everything was just going to shake out okay for everyone that he loved. And it, it is, and it is. It's happening. And every time I have a little success, I feel like he's still with me he's still I, and i i think oh my gosh he would be so proud and then i'm like he is proud like i still I, he's in my heart he's part of who i am 
Uh, you don't lose that. Is he pushing mitochondria? No, he's not an elf. <laughs> he's a teacher. And he's still teaching. Oh, I would he's, submit that the elves are he's teachers. He's still teaching. Oh, the elves are teachers. They're just freaking terrifying. But I was in high school, awkward high school, and I was having a real crisis of faith trying to decide if I was going to stick with the very prevalent religion of the state where I was raised and that my family was and that I had committed to and or if I wanted to explore the boundaries of my mind and the world and nature and earth and he was like hey girl it's okay to do both you can do both look at me I'm this old and I'm still doing both and like it was a mind-blowing thing for him to say to me just because no one had ever told me it was okay for me to dabble in both worlds like you know magical world and manifestations you know he took me to the ocean and we met a very incredible octopus that day which also spoke to me telepathically i was not on any ethnogens at the time but he took me to the tide pools and it was january was freezing but we were we rolled up our jeans and we were out there in the tide pools and it was the most incredible thing it was like this beautiful rock pool maybe four feet of seawater in it and inside was this juvenile incredible octopus orange and purple and we watched him crawl over the rocks and shift his color and change color with his background and he, he was just so he was so such a good sport about teaching me everything octopi and they are such incredibly intelligent creatures and for a while I actually liked seafood enough and octopus tasted delicious but now I, I would never would never ever think about consuming a cetacean like that there are there's such they're much like plant gods in their sentiency and their sensitivity and intelligence and emotion well, they don't have a known brain, right? Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying they don't have a brain. I'm saying, like, has science found the brain? No. Same way science hasn't found the brain of a it's plant. Right, but it's like collective consciousness. You know, it's not that there's not a brain. It's they just have a collective consciousness, just like plants. A sunflower doesn't have a brain, but it still knows to turn its head and face the sun. I mean, how does it know without a brain? I don't know. Well, maybe it has. What I'm saying is maybe it has a brain and it just hasn't been discovered by science. Science hasn't figured out it's the plant brain. It's etheric. It just exists in the ethers and in the connectivity. So you're saying, you're, you're saying that humans aren't etheric because we require the brain. Well, what's the brain? It's just a meat, full of a, a meat lump full of electricity. I don't know. You tell me what the brain is. I don't freaking know. It's weird, right? It's very weird, but you know, when you think about sea creatures too, they're, they're, it's similar to the plant world, where they exist. Like, and and you know, like schools of fish, how they all like. Have you ever seen like tuna or minnows? You know, swim in their big school, and they all flash and switch and exact make the exact same motions at the exact same time. Like, like what are they to what? frequency what vibe are they tuning into that they're all they're working as a collective conscious unit it's beautiful nature is so incredible and we really better wake up before we 
go too far. Hey, we were at that nursery today, and that succulent nursery, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about how everything looked like um, underwater plants. Like succulents remind me of underwater plants. They <laughs> had like an arrangement. Are, yeah, they really are. And it was like it was like like a coral reef. Yeah, look, like that's what exactly. Mm -hmm. what I was like, man, this is this could be underwater in a coral reef. An octopus's garden. I had that thought today. Yeah, it was nice, and it was actually really good to just kind of breathe in the rain air. It was cold, but like the rain and on the soil felt really good in my lungs, and I was like, yeah, the earth needs this, the soil needs this, all these plants need this, and just I was just drinking it in. It was beautiful. Yeah. But I say that about pretty much every, like. It can be a dandelion. I'm like, hello, beautiful dandelion. I just love it. I can't help it. I'm just full of love for the natural world and sea life and birds and children. <laughs> Happy children giggling and getting interested in the beautiful colors of succulents they saw today. That made me happy to see the excited kids like, look at the yellow, look at the pink, you know, and just getting excited. There might be hope yet. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know. You got me thinking about my teachers and my mentors, and I have some insane synchronistic stories if you're interested. Sure. I'm always down. I mean, it's weird. Like, this is weird. Really weird. Okay, I talked about Jot, and I mean, we stayed close friends my whole adult life, and... So, and it's funny because we were just talking to Sarai and I was talking about when I went to Dominica, but he ended up being on that same boat to Dominica and I had, yeah, we had no idea that we had both booked the same trip. It was crazy. It was really nuts. I'm standing, I'm boarding in San Diego Harbor and all of a sudden I feel this kind of arm hug from behind and... I was like, what the hell is this? And I turn around, and he's draw, and he's on my boat. And so for the next seven days, we're on a boat together. Incredible synchronicity, just total out of the blue, manifested it, basically. And then we got to... How old were you? I was 20. This was before I met Doc. I hadn't started the botany program at Weber yet. This was just right after high school. And... I mean, when I, we were in touch, but this was pre-cell phone days, so it's not like, you know, I knew what he was up to, per se. He was still actively teaching at the same school and busy, busy, busy. And Who dropped? Yeah. This was like two years after you graduated? Yeah. And, like, I just get this bear hug from behind, and, like, the best surprise of my life. Like, being at sea with my favorite mentor, my cetacean manifester, and then... We got to sail for seven days and just, I was pregnant on the boat, so I was seasick a lot and I wasn't really down to party with my party per se, so he just kind of, we just talked, we just talked like we always did, we just got deep into philosophies and all kinds of spiritual stuff out on the open ocean, it was amazing, amazing, and then we arrived and I got to spend a week with him in visiting Dominica, Port-au-Prince, St. Thomas, Tortola, the beaches. We got to see all the native species of those beaches together and just talk about it and 
swim in the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean together and float and float and float and think and talk together. You know, it was awesome. It was just like, what a what an incredible synchronistic manifestation. He's a magical person. He continues to be a magical being in my life still. And now here comes the second weird synchronicity. Let's hear it. Lay it on me. Seven years later, after the Caribbean, I now have a five or six year old child working the night shift. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I get this call that my beloved grandfather has had a massive heart attack and he is in the hospital. Oh, I remember that. And I'm I like I love like I was very 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 close to my grandpa. He was also another important like maybe he's not a trippy kind of guy but he was still a big no, like impact in my life. Everybody in the whole family showed up at the hospital. We the whole all, waiting room was jammed to the hospital. Worse. Everyone and the came. doctor came out and he's like, "Oh, he's going to be fine." <laughs> but here's, here's, here's the thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, I pull in the parking lot, and my I'm sick to uh, to actually hear what's actually because you know it's massive. Like, and it's his second heart attack because he was with me when he had his first one. He was at my dance competition, so I've always been kind of emotionally and consciously in congruence with my grandpa's heart so i get this call and i it was right up the street from me so i rushed to the hospital he was at the heart ward the special specialist center or whatever and i'm panicking and i'm starting to hyperventilate and my stomach hurts and i feel like i'm going to puke because i just don't know what i'm about to deal with and see and i'm not ready to lose him yet you know i just wasn't ready to lose him yet and i i didn't want grandma to be alone you know and like all these thoughts are racing through my head and the heart ward, the cardiac center is on the 11th floor. And I get in the elevator. I'm by myself. I know that everybody, like, I have a huge family. And I know that everyone's up there. So I know as soon as I get there, it's going to be, you know, a million chatters and all this crazy things. But I get on the elevator solo. No one else is with me. Seventh floor, the door opens. This older gentleman enters the elevator. It's Doc! Oh, from Weber. It's Doc! And I'm like, Doc, what are you doing here? He's like, my granddaughter had some kind of weird palpitation. She's up on the 11th floor in the cardiac ward. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And he just, we just crumb, we just like fall in each other's arms, you know? You know, we just crumble into each other. And we ride up the rest of the floors together. The doors open, and my whole family sees me cradling Doc like a baby, you know. And he's there for his granddaughter, and I'm there for my grandfather, and they both came out just fine. But, like, I was falling down, and he showed up to pick me up like a freaking angel. It was incredible. Incredible. I mean, Crazy. Who, whose life has those kinds of beautiful... Incredible synchronicities. I think everybody's does actually. I hope so. I really I hope so. I really does. hope so. Because and I hope they recognize whether or not they see it or not. I, I hope story. they recognize those special things for their value and how that is divinity speaking to you and through you in the very real sense that 
we are more than a prison of flesh, even in the worst situations of worst situations. And shit's been hard lately, for sure. But we still, we still, we're divine beings. And, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't quite know how to wrap it from there, just to say that. Who says you gotta wrap it? I don't want to be, like, seriously so blessed, but also seriously.